the sports god giveth and the sports gods taketh away. Screw you! You're fired! But wait, it doesn't stop there. You're fired. 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 Let's go. Adrian Griffin, you're fired. (laughs) You're done. You are D-U-N done. Not only, not only did David, uh, sorry, David. not only did Adrian Griffin get David bladded, uh, but it was uh, around the same time the the Cavaliers went on to win the NBA championship the year they won, uh, fired David Blatt, who was the most winning coach to be fired at the time. And now the Milwaukee Bucks were looking for answers despite being second in the East, second in the East, fired Adrian Griffin, their head coach, made Joe Brunt, Prunty the apprentice. Uh, interim coach for, I don't know, a couple hours. And now um, it's not officially official besides, I guess, CNN reporting it, but Doc Rivers is now your new head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. Rowdy, wow. What a uh, what a whirlwind yesterday. And, hell, I'll go back to last week. My man Rowdy, Rowdy Damas over here. What did you say last week, Rowdy? Well, basically it was – with how the Bucks were playing, with all of the national media, the Bucks media, and Bucks fans being very disappointed in this team, and talking about how you know Adrian Griffin is a first-year head coach, talking about how Adrian Griffin is supposed to be a defensive guy, and the fact that the Bucks feel like they're not playing up to expectations, the defense isn't good. And there just seems to be a lot of issues. I mean, we talked about it earlier in the year when there were reports out there that. Well, the players so themselves were giving him recommendations on what they should do defensively and how they should play. Did you see Giannis drawn up plays the game previous like, like, on the bench? That's why I said, <laughs> I think I think it was about a week ago, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they fire him in season. He doesn't make it a full year. And then kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, would they rehire Booty? Would Mike Budenholzer be the one that they rehired? Now it looks like they're not going to go that way. That would have been hilarious. But yeah, it looks like what Joe Prunty will probably coach a game or two before they get Doc Rivers up to speed. The apprentice tonight, baby. Let's go because they play the Cavaliers at the Pfizer. But Adrian Griffin. (laughs) I mean, we talked about it yesterday when we were like, Man, the Bucks are second in the East. The Bucks have a top five record in the NBA, Wait, but you, it doesn't you, feel like anything is going. You said well. it yesterday, Rowdy. You go, doesn't it feel like the Bucks just kind of suck? Yeah, <laughs> well, like, dude, look at look at the look at the NBA. They have a top five record in the NBA. They're second in the East. They're thirty and uh, thirteen overall. It, but it doesn't feel like they're playing good at all. No. with the talent that they have on the team and the depth that they have on this team. Defensively, they were awful. So, like, they, they're good. They're really good offensively, as they should be. You have Damian Lillard and the Aviannis and then the Kumba. I hope you'd be good offensively. But then defensively, they are atrocious. They're the number one team for points per game in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, they can ball offensively. They are also the fourth worst team when it comes to points per game defensively. The only team or I should say teams that give up more points than the Bucks would be the 10th placed Atlanta Hawks in the East. <laughs> the Washington Wizards oh. who have seven wins. Oh. 
the Detroit Pistons, who have four, four wins. Stink. And then the only other team, the eight wins, San Antonio Spurs. Oof, oof, so the, all the other teams are dumpster fight. Well, not the Falcon. Or all the other teams Hawks, outside I mean. of it, outside of Atlanta, who's still technically in that seven to ten play-in tournament range if the season ended today. All the other three teams that are the only teams giving up more points per game than the Bucks have single-digit wins still, and we're already halfway through an 82-game NBA regular season. Yeah, the Bucks. what Rowdy said, second in the East, first in offense, second in points per game, fifth in three-pointers made, and third in field goal percentage. And then if you do the defense... You are with the bottom. And I don't care. Like, I totally get that bringing in Damian Lillard for Drew Holiday, you were getting a superstar scorer versus, like, a really good NBA defender. Yep. I get there's going to be a drop-off. Is there really a drop-off from being, you know, a a solid, good defense the year before to a horrible defense because of one player? (laughs) And it's not like Damian Lillard is, like, some – some bum when it comes to defense. No. Dude can play defense when he wants to. There's a reason. He's just a score. Like yeah. he, he's known to be a scorer. It's not like he's some terrible defender where he no, can't play defense. You don't get to the NBA if you're not good at defense, right? Like, like you don't get to that level of basketball if you're not good at. Defense. And the fact that they brought back most of the same roster that they've had the last few years, where under Mike Boonholzer, the defense was actually pretty darn good. You don't just all of a sudden with the same rosters outside of like Lillard for Holiday get that weren't, much worse. Weren't they the number one defense last year with Budenholzer? Dude, they've always been solid. Yeah. They so, were even a solid defensive team with Jason Kidd. Yeah, and Adrian Griffin, um, he was hired for his defensive prowess, if I remember correctly. And then like four games into the season, Brooke Lopez, Giannis and company were like, we got to change the defensive schemes. They're not good. Yeah, but I do, I do agree with you. The first thing that popped in my head when I saw this news was David Blatt. Yeah, you just got blatted, dude. <laughs> you got blatted so hard. Um, the guy that's coaching the Cavaliers, what, his first job in the NBA, yeah. and he gets LeBron James in Cleveland. Yeah. And they were like one of the best teams in the NBA, and then he still got axed. They fired David Blatt in 2016, January 22nd, 2016. The Cavaliers fired David Blatt, who was 30 and 11, and hired Tyron Lou and won the championship. On January twenty third, twenty twenty four, the Bucks are thirty and thirteen and fire Adrian Griffin. Will they now do what the Cavaliers did and go get a champion? And David Blatt had even more head coaching experience than Adrian Griffin because, if I remember correctly, David Blatt had coached like international teams, uh-huh. and and if I remember, I think it might have been like European teams as well. So he he had more head coaching experience than Adrian Griffin, who was walking in there and technically as of today has 43 head coaching games as experience as a head coach. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with the fire. I'm fine with it too. And doc rivers, as much crap as we gave him when he's with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I just don't care for the 76ers. I, Rowdy, we never trusted the process. I like well, the hiring of Doc. I do. Rivers. I do. When I saw that Doc Rivers was the one that they were going to be hiring, I did chuckle to myself because I, I honestly thought of one thing and one thing only. That was Ben Kenny, who would get so pissed about Doc Rivers that he would call him Glenn Rivers, <laughs> and, he, and he said, "Oh, yeah, Glenn Rivers is uh, Glenn Rivers." That well, I don't know. Look at what uh, I almost called him Glenn Rivers. Look at what <laughs> Doc Rivers has done. Obviously, he won championship yeah, what, in uh, Boston. But was that 08? 
And that was when he had the Ray Allen, the Kevin Garnett, and the Paul Pierce. Oh, yeah. Now, Poopy pants. could he have been living off of, you know, three superstars? Yeah, probably. Sure, yeah, but what but, are we talking about in Milwaukee? The Bucks have superstars. Yeah, you have Damian Lillard. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, a lot of other really good role players. And if you just scroll right through, I mean, post-Boston, I mean, he's had some pretty good seasons in L.A. and in Philadelphia. Yeah, he totally has. Does bring a, a winning pedigree. He yeah. has won before. It's not like I'm in love with that hire, but I don't think Doc Rivers is worse than uh, yeah, it's Adrian not, Griffin. It's not like he's a first-year head yeah. coach that was uh, apparently... It, it's totally an upgrade from Adrian Griffin. Uh, big time. Uh, Adrian Griffin, when he was hired, we all were kind of scratching our heads. We're like... Huh? Adrian Griffin. But listen, here's the thing. Giannis Adenokounmpo had say in the hiring of Adrian Griffin. Like you, he had to have had, right? Yeah, but you got to remember, I don't, I don't know how much say I want Giannis having a coach. You know what's funny about Joe Prunty? And you bring that up. This is, I know where Rowdy's going with this. This is what funny. This is what really funny about Joe Prunty. But how Giannis has changed. Giannis Adenokounmpo, when Jason Kidd was fired for as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach. Giannis Dendekumbo was crying and doing everything in his power to save Jason Kidd, but instead, Joel Prunty became the interim coach that year. This go-around, yesterday, Giannis Dendekumbo, what happens? Joel Prunty is named the uh, 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 interim head coach again. But Giannis Dendekumbo, I guarantee you, had say in the firing of Adrian Griffin. From saving Jason Kidd or wanting to, yeah, to saying, remember, Adrian there Griffin, were like get out. messages that he had sent Jason Kidd that says, I'm going to go try and save your job, coach. Yeah. Like, and, and now that's time you send a text message like, get this guy out of Milwaukee. The only thing that Jason Kidd did well in Milwaukee, well, there was probably three things. The defense did get better because he emphasized it with young players, with Giannis, like the Chris Middletons of the world. He did. He he was the one that said, we need to start getting the ball in Giannis's hand more, where he started playing more quote-unquote point guard. Yeah, he was making him play guard. So that definitely improved Giannis's skills. And I think the only other thing that uh, Jason Kidd has been pretty good at is, like, spilling drinks on the sideline to get free timeouts. Yeah, when he had no timeouts. That was an amazing move from Jason Kidd. Uh, Jason Kidd today, I, I'm pretty sure he's coaching the NBA, but I couldn't tell you where. Uh, I do believe it's the Mavericks uh, is where Kidd is at. I'm pretty sure. You'll have to fact check me on that one. But I do believe it is the Dallas Mavericks for Jason Kidd. Um yeah, he is the Dallas Mavericks head coach. Yep. So, so, but here's the thing: Jason Kidd hasn't won crap as a head coach. Nope. I don't. I don't. I would take Glenn, Glenn Rivers, aka Doc Rivers, over Jason Kidd. Yeah. But then again, Glenn Anton Doc Rivers. Who would have thought that maybe Mike Boonehoser is still your best option? I, do you think Booty was sitting around waiting for that phone call? He's like, hey, are they going to If you're Mike Boonholzer, say say they they did call you. Are you would validated? you come back? No, no. Would you come back? No, not at all. I tell them to go pound sand. I would 100% say the same thing. You got I won a championship with you. It was the most consistent the Bucks had been in a long time. And what? We had a couple of years where we didn't maybe necessarily live up to the expectations in the playoffs. You bounced by a, a, the eight seed when you're a one seed. but And and you can me, and now you want me back after half a season? And yeah, I'd tell him that. When that all happened, too, his brother died. Remember that? His brother died uh, last year when they were um, entering in the playoffs. His brother passed away, and uh, he, he you know kept it close to the vest, and then he got fired after they uh, lost to the eight seed. Yeah, so... 
If you're asking me, though, knowing Milwaukee, knowing these players, I think, A, Mike Boonholzer's probably your best bet. Though, if I'm him, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not coming back. I said, no way, dude. I would take Doc Rivers second, and then... And however you want to throw it, Prunty and and Griffin. Well, Prunty's just the. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, well, well Prunty hey, stay. You better not. You better not laugh. That was wasn't he like the, um, England's England's yeah national teams yep. coach. Yep. Yeah, you Appre- better not laugh at that. I love the Apprentice. They're going, they're, they're going for gold. Hey, when Jason Kidd was fired, the the Apprentice Joe Prunty was a playoff coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. People forget he was there in the playoffs. Okay, real quick. Speaking on Adrian Griffin, remember it the beginning of the year they had just traded for Damian Lillard mm-hmm. before the year started. They had just traded for Damian Lillard and they had brought in Terry Stotts yep. who, who was a head coach and coach Damian Lillard and Adrian Griffin was actually one of his assistant coaches for a time period. Yep. He didn't even make it to the season. And Terry Stotts had coached the Bucks. Terry Stotts had, had coached the trailblazers. Terry Stotts has been around. Oh yeah, he's he's a long tenured. One, one, it did feel a little strange, being that he, a guy that would have been his assistant when he is still of age and and able to be a head coach that he would come and work under. But it made sense with the Damian Lillard being his coach, helping him acclimate to to <laughs> Milwaukee and yada yada yada. But remember, they blew up on each other. Yep. And Terry because Stotts, he, was, he took the team to the side and was like, did a little powwow. Without Adrian Griffin, that was what it was. Yeah, and Terry, this was like was it, it was right, before the season right started? Right before the season, it was like, se- it was like pre- preseason basketball, wasn't yeah, it? Was it was like two, three days before the season started. Okay, hindsight twenty twenty here. Terry Stotts, he, he, let's, let's no one's ever gonna think of him as like uh, you know Greg Popovich, no, or um, you know any legendary coach, what Jerry Sloan, or you can go right on down the list. Uh, the Bulls old, old coach, Phil Jackson. No one's ever going to confuse Terry, Terry Stotts with some, like, all-timer, right? Well, he coached the Bucks too. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's it, ever going to confuse him yeah. with some all-time NBA basketball coach. No. He's not Red Arbach. He's not no. Phil Jackson. But he's, like got, I said, he's, but he's a, a longer-tenured NBA guy. He's got guy. a big resume. He's been there, done that. He knows what he's talking about. He's solid. Yeah, big resume. You think he blew up because he's like, this guy stinks. I'm working under a guy that used to work under me. He clearly isn't even to my level or NBA serviceable level. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Guys, come over here. This is how you should do it. Don't listen to him. And then obviously there's infighting there. Well, now after 43 games in the NBA, Adrian Griffin's out. Yeah. Is uh is not only Terry Stotts validated, but is uh, Mike Budenholzer validated with all this too? Like you guys are idiots. See, John Horst has been a pretty darn good GM for the Bucks. I know he was gifted Giannis and he was gifted Chris Middleton, but he was the one that assembled the team around those two. True holiday, man. Bring they, they, before that, how about, um, they're getting rid of Eric Bledsoe. Well, just going out and getting Bledsoe. They showed that they were trying. Yeah. Then they went and got Drew holiday. Now they're going out and getting Damian Lillard. Like John Horst, though he was gifted some good young players, has done a really good job putting the Brooke Lopez's and the Damian Lillard's around this team, which makes them that much better. And I'm, I was right there with you. Remember I said, Boonholzer, 
one year deal every single year. That was kind of tongue in cheek. Obviously, you're not going to do that. No. And no coach would ever want to go under a one year contract. But it's fun to say. A hundred percent. And I mean, in a perfect world, that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, but, to, fun to entertain that idea. But I, I can't fault John Horst for going out and acquiring Damian Lillard. I can't fault John Horst for thinking, you know what? I think we can find a better head coach than Mike Boonholzer because he's starting to fall off a little bit. What was the what was the knock on Boonholzer before he won the title with Milwaukee? It was they would have really good teams, yeah, couldn't see it through, really good regular seasons, and then they would find a way to lose in the in the Eastern Conference he could never semis win the big one. or the yeah he could never win it all. Well, then they did, but then he kind of reverted back to what he was in Atlanta. Yep, and the Bucks came up short multiple years in the NBA playoffs. I can't. Take a sh- I can't fault Horse for not taking a shot on someone that he thought potentially could be better. Now, did he swing and miss with Adrian Griffin? Oh, yeah. Clearly. But he, he corrected his move pretty quickly. But, yeah, he? now he goes out and grabs a Doc Rivers who's got pedigree, who's got a championship. I can't fault him for trying to, to take a big swing and to, and to put this together. No, that's a champion-winning GM right there. Because we know that Giannis and the Bucks are on a timeline. Yeah. Like, NBA players outside of LeBron and Michael Jordan, they play till about 35, and they're not the same players. Yep. Giannis is on the clock. He's got about five or six more years. And Horst definitely recognizes that. Yeah, and you got to keep him happy. you got to keep players around him that are also good. And you got to try and win another championship in the next five to six years. I, what you know a, what? What a time to be alive. I'm fine with how everything has worked out Same. in Milwaukee. Adrian and Griffin, I, thanks for your time. Yeah, you took a shot. Didn't work. Now let's get a experienced coach. Let's see if... Uh, Rowdy. Glenn Doc Rivers can get him there. Don't they say it's better to move on too early than too late? John Horse is like, we're going to get this thing early. We're moving on from Adrian Griffin. <laughs> oh, I think everyone saw where this was heading. Thanks for your service, but you have been let go. You are fired. Everyone give me your best Vince McMahon. Rowdy? You're fired. RJ? You're fired. Screw you. You're fired. Now give me your best Don. Rowdy? You fired. Tell me what You fired. You fired. Yes, Adrian Griffin. You're done. D-U-N. He is out of here. Done. Um, totally got, first thing I thought of, David Blatt. You just got blatted. You got blatt-manned. <laughs> uh, the Cavaliers, uh, LeBron James had a big say in that. Did not care for David Blatt. It was his first go-around in the NBA. Uh, what, the Cavaliers fired him January 22nd of 2016, uh, he carried a record of 30 and 11 and said, you know what? You're fired. January 23rd, 2024, yesterday. Giannis Dendekumo, I guarantee you had a hand in this. Bucks fire Adrian Griffin at 30 and 13. Will the Bucks do what the Cavaliers did that year in 2016, though, and go on to win the championship? Will the Bucks do it this year? With Damian Lillard uh, and Gian- on Giannis. Joe Prunty right now, uh, the apprentice, the interim head coach. Yes, ready. No, I'm going to – obviously, there was a lot of yeah. rumors out there with Doc Rivers is going to be named the head coach. You got to feel like Prunty probably coaches a game or two, maybe a week or two. And Tonight, baby. Doc Rivers takes over. So, yeah. so the apprentice, it'll be a short-lived interim. Yeah, love the apprentice. Uh, now, check this out. I saw this from um, uh, Shams, not Woj, but Shams. Uh, this is from his little article. League sources say Doc Rivers, who signed on as an ESPN analyst after getting fired by the 76ers in May, began to serve 
as an informal consultant to Adrian Griffin at the behest of the Bucks. One month later, multiple sources briefed on the matter now indicate that Rivers is the serious leader for the now vacant position and the preferred choice of key stakeholders. Okay, so here we go. We were talking about John Horse to open the show when we were talking about this same exact subject. And I got to give John Horse more credit for this. If you were going to take the swing... With a guy like Adrian Griffin, who was a first-year head coach, had no experience with with head coaching, and you were going to bring him in to coach a Damian Lillard and a Giannis and some of these good players where we know that this core group of the Bucks should be a top-four team in the East and it should be an NBA title contender, I feel like that's that was a great backup plan if Adrian Griffin failed, bringing in like a Doc Rivers on a consultant-type job. For like a a potential, if this guy fails, we have a coach in waiting that's been a consultant all year. I feel like you got to give props to John Horse for having a backup plan. Has it been all year? He's been a consultant the whole year. It says in uh, an informal consultant to Griffin at the behest of the Bucks. But like that started at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's I thought it was like more of a recent thing, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, we can get rid of this." I feel like that. That was great. I guess war gaming for a season if Adrian Griffin didn't it was do well. John Horst hedging his bet. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna take a shot, take a shot. And he did it and he had a backup plan. And it's not like Doc Rivers is the best coach in the NBA, but he's far from the worst. He's been there, done that. He's won championships. He's had success at practically every stop. Uh-huh. Um I, Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, when this was all breaking last night, you know, during um, uh, the broadcast and whatnot, Shaq, I wanted to play this, had something to say about uh, the hiring Doc, uh, Doc Rivers, the new head coach. For breaking news, um, we have news in from CNN. They are reporting. From CNN Sports. From CNN Sports know, that Doc CNN. Rivers has accepted the Milwaukee Bucks head coaching position. As you may remember earlier today, Adrian Griffin relieved of duties. Uh, they were second or third best record in the NBA and CNN Sports is now reporting that Doc Rivers will be the next coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. The Athletic had some reports earlier that during the in-season tournament, Doc Rivers was being used to give advice to Adrian Griffin to try and help out the first-year head coach and now about a month later Doc Rivers is the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Shaq, you said earlier in pregame that there's something else going on here beyond how we got here. Your thoughts of Doc Rivers as the coach? Well, he does have championship experience. He does have experience with dealing with uh, large-name individuals, superstars, Dame Lillard and Giannis. And he does uh, have experience with being a defensive-minded coach. But, again, as a player, you have to want to play defense. You have to want to have timely stops. And, again, when you're the one-two punch on the team, you rely on the coach, in my opinion, a little bit, not a lot. Like, you have to say, hey, this is what we need to do. Hey, you need to get in line, boom, boom, bam. But, uh, you know, a big-name coach, I'm, I'm happy for Doc. And he gets a chance to, you know, get another one. Because, you know, for so long, he's just been – you know, surviving off that one championship, so I would like to see him get another one. There you go. There's Shaquille O'Neal uh, on it. So, uh, John Horst hedging his bet, and Doc Rivers just sliding right in. And when I saw that, too, it's like CNN, of all people, CNN Sports is the one breaking it. Not a Woj bomb, not Shams coming in. Well, I mean, like, TNT uh, when have you ever heard that before? CNN Sports. TNT, Bleacher Report, CNN are all got the Turner Broadcasting. So yeah, the umbrella. Yeah, It's probably just... Hey, throw them a bone, let them break it. You think Woj or Shams is like, 
how, how did I get scooped? Well, I mean, neither of them have corroborated it yet, have they? Yeah. No, they haven't. Yeah. Uh, they just said it's uh, just in the works, and they're the ones saying that Doc has uh, accepted the position. So there you go. Or who knows? Maybe the Bucks told them directly and be like, it's all you. Yeah. Uh, speaking of... Uh, I haven't told anybody else. So Mike Clemens, of all people. Oh, he's... Scooping it? He sent me something this morning. Oh, you remember that time he was uh, leaving? Yeah, he was. He was, he was there. He was leaving the parking ramp and had to stop and ask how the heck to get out. Yeah, he sent me this clip of one he ran into uh, from last June at the big uh, introduction for Adrian Griffin. And Griffin, uh, Mike said, "Play this. This is gold." Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin with Mike Clemens. Take a listen. So how'd you find out you got the job? Uh, I was actually, uh, you know, in a meeting, and uh, the ownership, I, I'm, I'm, I can share this with the ownership as far as uh, how I found out. Okay, so uh, I'm in a meeting with uh, Wes Eden, D and Jimmy Haslam. Uh, so we're just sitting there. It's, just, it's a funny, cool story. So uh, my agent told me, okay, listen, you're like kind of on the one-yard line. Like, don't mess this up. Right. So... That was probably the first time I got a little nervous, but, you know, during the meeting, you know, I noticed Wes kind of, he was on his phone and whatnot, and then he said, hey, it must be true if uh, if Wolves put it out there. <laughs> and that's how I found out, and he was, you know, we all laughed, and he said, hey, uh, congratulations, you know, you're the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow, you know, I was co- completely numb, you know, I, di- I didn't know how I was going to respond, you know, you, you prepare for this day for so long, and then when it finally happens, you know, uh, it was just surreal, you know, and, and even to this day, I'm still getting used to, you know, everything, you know, but uh, one thing is that, you know, the entire city, of Milwaukee, the entire organizations with the books, you know, they've embraced me from day one. So I'm, I'm, I'm truly, truly grateful. How about that? Wes Edens comes up to him and says, oh, it must be true because Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted it out. You're the new head coach of the <laughs> Milwaukee Wojnarowski, Bucks. Bob. And, he's a, and Edens, the guy, is going to be like, you know. I mean, some of the guys in his picture at the press introductory aren't even on the team anymore. No. And some of the guys are just in sweats. Yeah. <laughs> I remember all that. So, yeah, there you go. There's a little tidbit from Shaq to uh, – uh, the man himself, Adrian Griffin, who's now uh, unemployed. Does he does he come up in NBA circles again? I'd imagine. I'd imagine he catches on it. Yeah, as yeah, an assistant. Yeah. assistant and, I mean, he's know. a guy that played for a decade. He's a guy that has experience in the league. I think obviously the head coaching position might have been a little too much, and it might have been a little too much when we're talking about a Bucks team that has superstars with Giannis and Lillard. This, I mean, this was his first job. Yeah. I'm not ready to th- like throw him in the trash and say he could never be a head coach in the NBA again, but for your first job having NBA finals, players, yeah, yeah. NBA finals expectations, winning a championship, Giannis, Dame time. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty big for a very first job. Normally, your very first job would be like coaching the Detroit Pistons when you win five games. Yeah. Right. Terry Stotts quit a couple days before the season started, an assistant coach for the Bucks because he yep. didn't care for Griffin. Uh, Giannis Dendekubo calls him out early. Bobby Portis calls out Adrian Griffin early. Giannis then calls him out. Damian Lillard da- and, Dame time called and him out. Brooke Lopez were like, dude, they changed this the defense defensive schemes. isn't working. We normally do this. I think we should go back to doing that. And he's like, okay. And that was all within like 20 games to sure. start the season. That sounds great. And Terry Stotts quit before the season even like officially began for yeah. a regular season. Yep. Uh, this guy wasn't long in the uh, coaching of the Milwaukee Bucks world there. Yeah. So there you go. Welcome in Doc Rivers. The 62-year-old served as head coach of the Magic, the Clippers, and the Celtics, and he got a championship in 2008. 
And um, as Shaq said, he does have championship experience. How much do you hold it against him, though, with the 76ers that 76ers team? What doesn't count because his, that team that won the championship had so much talent. All, all they needed was a coach that stood on the sideline. I'm going to throw this out there. If you look at every team that's won the championship, aren't they littered with, you know, yeah. talent? Oh, then then <laughs> all yeah, the bad people, teams don't win. Yeah. Then the other people who were like, well, look at his stops with the Clippers and the Sixers. Those teams had disgruntled players on them, like actively sabotaging things. Was, like, was he there with the Clippers when they tried to get CP3? And it got blocked. Uh, no, was he coaching that? That was no. That was prior. Yeah. That was prior. Okay, but but just in general, he was in big markets like Philadelphia, like L.A., and uh, those teams were still the number two team. Those in LA. those teams <laughs> were still pretty good. Yeah, like it's not like they were bad teams, and it was it was like man, Doc Rivers really failed here. I mean, they had you know Paul George, and they had. Um, Leonard and all like, no, they were still competitive. Like I'm not saying this is a home run hire. I'm pumped that all of a sudden they're going to win the NBA title now, but I'm saying better about it now. I feel better about them making a run. (laughs) Yeah. Now with doc rivers, because of the experience, because he's been there and done that, then Adrian Griffin, where it looked like things weren't really coming together. Fear the beard. Tyler wall, 16 points. Big old three-pointer. Also hit two key free throws with five seconds left as the Badgers, who were once up by 15, had to hang on and come back and beat their rivals. Minnesota last night, 61-59. to That game was uh, very exciting. At first, I thought the Badgers were going to blow them out of the water. And then uh, out of the half, Minnesota was gangbusters for a while there. And that uh, barn was rocking. Yeah, I'll give Minnesota some credit. They're a pesky team. They're much better than the first couple of years under Ben Johnson. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, Wisconsin would go on those runs. They were up 15 at one point in the second half, and you thought they were going to absolutely blow them out. And then all of a sudden... Minnesota would make a run. Then Wisconsin, I think, came back with like a 7 or 8-0 run. And then Minnesota came with like a 7-0 run. And yeah. it was like back and forth after Wisconsin had taken that lead. And then Badgers clamped down on defense at the end there, though. And you're kind of getting nervous. You're like, I don't like how Minnesota's hanging around here. Yeah. Um, and then they kept flashing up how, you know, Ben Johnson had never beaten Wisconsin. Guard was looking for his 100th career Big Ten win. He got her, baby. They kept saying how, what was it? I think uh, out of the last, was it 16 matchups, Wisconsin had won 14 out of 16. Yeah. But then in Minnesota, in the barn, Minnesota's winning and beating Wisconsin like 66% of the time or so. Yeah, it was w- like Wisconsin now won seven straight against Minnesota in 18 of, uh, 16 of the last 18 games. The Badgers improved to 12-2 and two overall against Minnesota under coach Greg Gard. Oh, yeah. it, it wasn't pretty, a, yeah. but a win is a win, and it was a road game in the Big Ten. Big against Ten big the, stage? Yeah, against the Gophers team that, again, <laughs> we're probably not going to see this Gophers team in a, in a March Madness tournament. But they're pesky. They're not horrible. They're yeah. not as bad as Minnesota was a couple of years ago. No, and um, man, Tyler Wall was really, uh, he was keyed on the stretch. Tyler Wall was getting it done. Max Klesman went over his 10.5. He got 11 points. 
And AJ Store at the end there was a Klesman with the steal, then Store came down and finished it with a dunk uh, to have the Badgers was it go up one or two, whatever it was, late in the game. Store uh, was a beast, too. 15 points, 12 rebounds. That was nice to see. And, um, yeah, Badgers, who were 8 uh, for 10 from the foul line, the Gophers could not hit their free throws at yeah, all. Yeah, that, that was the reason Wisconsin basically hung on. Yeah. Obviously, they had to, to figure it out down the stretch and hold that lead, but... Minnesota really struggled from the stripe. They did. Uh, yeah, Ben Johnson, 0-5 now uh, against the Badgers by a total of 16 points. I think we <laughs> did see the weakness, though, for the Badgers when it comes to big men. Like, Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall are obviously pretty solid players. I think we've all known that for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. But where where did they struggle? It was when they both kind of started to get in foul trouble, where I think... It was either Wall or Crowell. At, at some point, they both had two, and one of them picked up their third foul. And you're sitting there where your big men, your experienced big men, were starting to get in foul trouble, but Payne, being a big physical guy down in the paint, was kind of having his Payne. way just because you could tell he was physically stronger, especially with Crowell. He was pushing him around a little bit. That... I don't think that's a huge thing going forward, but you can definitely tell that they still struggle with someone that's a more physical presence down yeah, low. Yeah, and uh, Garcia uh, for um, the Gophers, he was on fire coming into that game, too. He was uh, scoring all kinds of points. They shut him down. He was 4 of 10 shooting, only 10 points. You mentioned how Wall played pretty well. Obviously, he was the leading scorer with 16 points. Dude, Max Klesman stayed pretty hot. I mean, Max Klesman yeah. hit a couple of big threes off of screens. And the one that he had banked in on like a crossover pull up. So those were pretty big. I, I thought overall though, like Crowell, I know he was in foul trouble a bit early. He didn't play his best game. He's, he was, is he still kind of recovering from that injury he had? I think. I think he looks like he's he's back. Yeah. The, it was like two, three games after that knee injury. You could definitely tell his knee was ginger and he wasn't exactly, you know, trying to, to get the shots that he normally would. I just think overall, A.J. Store didn't have his best night, but he still, when he needed when, it, when he it made mattered, his free yeah. throws. Made his free throws. When he came down with some big dunks. Chucky Hepburn continues to struggle to shoot the ball. If they could get Chucky Hepburn playing the way he did offensively as a freshman, yeah. my goodness, well, this, this team could really go on far. On the broadcast, they mentioned it a few times. It's like, Oh, Chucky Hepburn, you know, he used to be able to score a bunch, but now he's just a facilitator. He knows he's grown into his role, but he can get you 20 points when needed. Can he right now? I don't know. Why I mean, not? he's not shooting the ball well they at all. They said it. Yeah, they said <laughs> Like, I get that he has maybe a different role. I've been watching the game this year. <laughs> with, with A.J. Storr coming in and being the player that he is and Max Klesmet being hot right now and John Blackwell being way better than anyone expected as a freshman. Yeah. I get where maybe he doesn't have to go out and, and score 20 points like he did as a freshman when it was really just him and Johnny Davis. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, all right, great. Yeah, he's facilitating the ball. He's playing relatively good defense, like getting steals. But, man, if he could just shoot the ball at the clip he did as a freshman, this team would be even that much better. Yeah, totally. It's what's um Tyler Wall that big three-pointer he had, his second made uh, three-pointer this season, and it was a huge one last night, that big old arc on it, too. Yeah. Most of his career. That that was one yeah, where when career? he pulled up to take that shot, you're like, no, 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 and then it went in, like, and yes, everyone's yes, like, yes, 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 great shot, great great decision. I'm, I don't know, I think overall. When he pulled up, I was like, who? 
The Badgers, they, they look sloppy, but it was a road game in Minnesota. Yeah, they clamped on a defense. Yeah. They, they did find a way to win, but they look sloppy, especially early turning the ball over. And that's that's what we've seen, like against Penn State on the road, now Minnesota on the road. They've been a little sloppy with the basketball because we're used to Wisconsin. What They were averaging, I think, eight, nine turnovers. And now against Penn State, what do they have, like 16 Against uh, Minnesota here, they had double digits as well. Yeah. Just just sloppier games, and they didn't necessarily shoot the ball well. But I think it shows you on a night where A.J. Store didn't have his best stuff, Chucky Hepburn couldn't make a shot, the bench, we've been used to the bench being deep and being able to score. The bench only gave you nine points. Yeah. yeah. Like Blackwell didn't play a very good game. That was probably well, missed that three that I thought he was going to yeah, bang too. Once but. we figured out what John Blackwell was and how he could contribute to this team and he could score and play defense, this is one of his lesser games that he's played in a while. It's nice to see Tyler Wall step up and uh, have a nice game. Did uh, do you happen to find his career for three pointers? Still looking at it. Still looking. I know it's not money. <laughs> but I, I think on a night where you didn't get your best scorer in AJ Store didn't have a great night. You didn't get much shooting ability from Chucky Hepburn and your bench, which we had seen had been relatively deep for a Wisconsin team as of late, not necessarily contributing much to the scoring side of things to get a, get a win in the big 10 on the road. You'll take it. Oh it's, yeah. You're seven and one now in conference. You're still in first place. Yep. You're 15 and four overall. You're ranked three 13. and one on the road. Yeah. They're yeah. Badgers only lost to Penn state on the road. Uh, check this out too. I know they didn't hit the 70 mark. Um, as they, you know, they won 61-59. UW, though, the Badgers, have scored 70-plus points in 13 consecutive games, matching the team's longest such streak since another 13-run game in the 70-71 season. So the uh, team also set the program scoring record, averaging 86.3 points per game. Now, <laughs> clamp down on defense, though. That was the big issue because Garda was talking about that, especially after the Penn State game. And Indiana scored a bunch of points on them, too. But it's like, we need to do better on defense. Yeah. 59 points for the Gophers. And you know what was better. weird? Because yeah. we're, we're, we've been accustomed to seeing this Badger team, what, they scored 70-plus points in 14 straight games? And it was like they're playing at a pace and scoring at a level that we haven't seen from a Wisconsin team since the 14-15 season where they made it to the national championship. They started out uh, the longest undefeated streak in the Big Ten since 07-08. Yep. That was a pretty darn good team itself until it ran into Steph Curry, right. who ended up being a pretty good player himself. Yeah, he's not bad. But the fact that we're seeing this good of an offense, it, it is nice to see that they can still win a grinded-out game where it's 61-59. Totally. to 59. And Gardo, I have a comment from Gardo I'll get to a little later, but he talked about that. He's like, we've usually been you know, like blowing teams out and having close games like this. It was nice to see it. Yes, RJ, you look a little perplexed over there. Yeah, when did this guy ever make 10 threes in a season? Who, Wall? Yeah. I don't... He's done it twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Freshman year, he did 6 to 28. Sophomore year, 10 for 36. Junior year, 6 for 37. Last year, 10 for 34. This year, 2 for 6. We'll take that 2 for 6 right now. Hell yeah, dude. Did anyone see the tweet by one of the Minnesota Gopher publications? No. About uh, Nolan Winter? The field. No, what was it? You didn't, no one saw that? I don't oh, know. How it's sad to see a Gopher yes. Legacies uh, kid it, it play. Because his mom Wisconsin. was, a, was a volleyball a, All-American. And, and his dad was supposed to be a pretty good player at Minnesota as well. Yeah. When he hit that 3... And he turned around and kind of did like the little three and like put his hands in the air. Yeah. 
they had the little video of that and saying, sad to see a, a former Gophers, a former good Gophers son with this disrespect. That's but, funny. But the Badgers are going to Badger. Oh, yeah. It's like, really? You've never seen anyone after hitting a three make a little three hand, you know, sign and put it in the air like come on minnesota there's um uh speaking of minnesotans wall tyler wall product of lakeville we all know about lakeville 25 miles south of williams arena seven and one against the gophers he also yeah. played a lot against uh in high school against garcia the the gophers scorer so wall's always been best in him too funny to see uh we will get back to the milwaukee bucks don't worry we just spent six we went six to seven twenty. Uh, it was the gopherhole dot com, yeah, which hole. is a leading online home for passionate gopher fans since ninety six. They they come out with pro, uh, player profiles, recruiting articles, and then just cover Minnesota. All right, how about this real quick? I saw this tweet. Past fifteen months in Wisconsin sports. Craig Council out. David Stearns out. Paul Christ out. Mike Budenholzer out. Adrian Griffin out. Joe Barry out. Aaron Rodgers out. Damn. You know who's in though, Rowdy? Reese Hoskins. He Brewers in. in. Brewers finally making a move, a big move. What's the skinny, Rowdy? What are you thinking of from the Phillies when he's healthy? The guy hits like 30 plus dingers. Yeah, so Reese Hoskins signed a two year, $34 million. Uh, contract. There is an opt-out after the first year. I'm going to be curious if that's a team or if that's a player opt-out. So it's a it's $17 million a year for the two years. Yeah, the skinny on Reese Hoskins. Basically, when healthy, he's going to hit you 240 to 250. He's going to hit you 25 to 40 home runs. He's going to be a guy that can bring in 75 to 100 RBIs. He's going to be your slugger. And another skinny on him is when you look at what the Brewers have failed to do when it comes to hitting, well, obviously we could use some more pop. He checks that box. Obviously you could use a consistent player at first base. He does for the most part, fill that box. But one of the big things that Reese Hoskins does really, really well outside of the pop, it's that he hits lefties really really well like he has a career 920 plus OPS against lefties so so he is a lefty killer so not only is he going to provide pop to this Milwaukee Brewers team but he's going to provide a guy with pop that can play first base and that can hit lefties and we know that lefties have doomed the Milwaukee Brewers for the last two three seasons so I mean that's that's the plus overall for me Part of me likes it. Part, part of me absolutely of me hates it. Oh my god! The reason why I like it are all the all the reasons mentioned. It gives them some stability at first base. I actually think he might be more of a DH for the Brewers this year. I mean, he's coming off of an ACL. He did that right at the end of spring training, which was super unfortunate for the Phillies. And that's actually the reason why Bryce Harper got in there and played some first base, and he became kind of expendable once Bryce Harper showed that he can be a pretty good first baseman. Well. He'll bring pop. He'll bring power. He'll he'll be able to hit lefties. He can play first base for you. He actually also played a little left field, and I think he starts, like I said, at DH. And he's a good player. Like he's a solid player. Yeah. The the reason why I I don't necessarily like this move is 
This was a move in theory with this profile of player that they should have made in 2020, in 2021, in 2022, in 2023. When the team still had their core players, that was the window from 18 to 23 where they could really compete before they had to potentially look into trading the likes of a Corbin Burns or a Willie Adamas. Now, all is quiet on the Western front with that. I've seen reports where they might be shopping Adamas. Oh, no, 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 they're not shopping yeah, no, Adamas. It's quiet on that front. Same thing with Corbin Burns. Some reports saying, yeah, they're shopping him. Others say, no, they think they're going to keep him. No. Well, we're creeping up closer and closer to February, and we're about, what, three-ish weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting? That's creeping up. There's still been no Corbin Burns, no Willie Adamas-type trades, really no even rumors outside of, you know, months ago. My biggest concern is that this was a signing to keep the Brewers good enough for one more season to be contending in the division and be contending in that wild card for a playoff spot. Because yeah. it's only the division theory, is wide open for the Brewers. In theory, this is just a one year deal. Again, we'll figure out who has the option, whether that be the player or the team. But like think about it. This Brewers team, if they keep everybody, if they keep Corbin Burns, they keep Willie Adamas, they keep Devin Williams, they keep all these guys that are either at the end of their contract or maybe have another year, but they could get big time value. That's more where Devin Williams falls into that category, Yeah, but they could potentially trade those guys. If they're looking to completely rebuild. Remember that was the, the rumor that was coming out of the winter meetings at first is that the brewers are looking for a total rebuild. Yeah. They're going to fire sale at all. If they keep all those guys on paper, this is a team that can compete for the division. No doubt in my mind. Obviously, the Cubs are going to be better. The Reds are going to be a little bit more seasoned. We'll Mm -hmm. see what the Cardinals do. They feel like they're an old team fading. And the Pirates are going to suck. And the Pirates will suck. (laughs) But, yes, on paper, they should be competing. Now, if they keep this team for the entire season... You're not going to get anything back from Willie Adamas. He will walk. Nothing. Clearly, he's even said it, what was it, a couple of years ago before the season? He's like, yeah, my camp's not even, we're not even talking. They haven't well, even had any preliminary Scott Boris talks. as his agent now. And-, and then you had some rumors coming out that they were maybe trying to talk to Corbin Burns, but Corbin Burns is like, yeah, dude, I want to. I want. I want out of Milwaukee. You guys burn your bridges after that arbitrator yeah, meeting. Yeah, you, you screwed me over in arbitration. I don't really want to be here. It's cold. I don't like it. He basically said on that Eric Kratz podcast everything besides said, saying I don't want to be here anymore. Get me out of here. You won't get anything for him, and clearly those two are the the biggest guys on your team right now that are done at the end of the twenty twenty four season that you could clearly get a good return from. I don't like this is what I could I can honestly see this happening. <laughs> the Brewers come out, they're having a pretty good year, they're in the thick of things and the you know, the NL Central, they're looking like they're gonna be competing for a playoff spot, and then it's the deadline and they're like, Oh crap, we need to get something for Burns and Adamas yeah. or maybe even a Reese Hoskins because technically it's it is a one year deal. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine if they are in contention, kinda like in twenty twenty two when they traded Hader and all of a sudden oh, that's when you pull the trigger on Corbin Burns Just and kill the vibe Adamas? in the clubhouse? Exactly. You completely killed the entire morale of the team in that season. Yep. I just I was talking about it with Luis yesterday because haters now with the Strohs. I just I don't like in a again in the past I would have loved this deal. It would have made perfect sense when they were competing and they needed a first baseman. But at this point, it feels like it's Mark Ananasio saying we're going to make just enough signings and spend just enough money to keep the Brewers playing middling baseball to keep them in contention for just enough to keep butts in the seats through September 
Well, and the, and we're good with it. Well, on the flip side, the division is open, right? The Brewers have the best shot at winning this this thing. And that's 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 like we'll have fun this year yeah. if they go and, and win the look. division and and make the playoffs and maybe win a, a series in the playoffs. We'll have fun with it, but then we're going to look back and say, well. Maybe we should have acquired prospects because now we're on some down times and we didn't get the return that we would have gotten. On Twitch, um, the Badger Trio says this move was to build hype for this season. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is only a what this is. The window was 2018 to 2024 if you kept everyone through their contracts, yep. which means you wouldn't get back anything for them. The real true window was probably 18 to 22. And then we'll see what the hater in 2023. But uh, it's frustrating. Uh, our guy Becker actually texted Becker. me this morning about Jer it. Michael? And this was his response. Team option or player option? I said we were not sure yet. Of course it is. Typical Brewer move. Cheap. And then he goes. I like the move, though. Yep. Let's make it look like they're trying when in reality they went for a guy coming off an injury that's cheaper than he would have been. It's basically a prove-it deal for Hoskins, and when he proves it, he will go somewhere else. Typical Brewer move. <laughs> oh, the plight of a Brewers fan, Rowdy. The plight of a Brewers fan. Line one, good morning. What do we got? Dude, this fog is so thick, I feel like I'm at a non-point concert right now. <sighs> well, was like Snoop Dogg there as well? Maybe a little Cheech and Chong making an appearance? All the above, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that fog is thick, thicker than a snicker. Yeah, it's big. Oh, breaking news. Uh-oh. Breaking news one minute ago. Tom Pelissero, a change in Green Bay. Joe Barry will not return as the Packers defensive coordinator per sources. What? what? Kyle, you broke Party. the news. Hey, 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 oh, Joe Barry. One go. minute ago. All right. Is it it's a real account, Rowdy? It's not like a fake one. It's Tom Pelissero. There it is. Yep. Joe Barry. Done. Done. The glory days are here again. Done. The glory days are here again. Matt LaFleur was not waiting around long for that one, was he? <laughs> he? He took his time, but he didn't need long. Sorry, Adrian Griffin. You just got, you just got got. Joe Barry done. Was Adrian Griffin the Joe Barry of the Milwaukee Bucks? Wasn't good at defense. You're Wasn't good at defense. Fire. You're fire. Well, that means Griffin would have lasted three years. <laughs> Hey, Kyle. <laughs> so, How about those Badgers last night, baby? Little, little rough, my friend. I thought they were going to just blow them out, and it, it was way too close for comfort, but, you know, win's a win. Big 10, big stage, baby. Tyler Wall coming through in the clutch. Went on the road. That's what we got to keep doing, my friend. Kyle, you're the man, brother. We love you. Have a great day, boys. Thanks for being a part See of the breaking Joe news. Barry. <laughs> Joe Barry is done. How do you feel, Packers fans? Where's Vagabond John? The president of the Joe Barry Fan Club. Where are you at, Johnny? Yep, there it is. Rowdy is right. Again, I'll read it again. A change in Green Bay. Joe Barry will not return as Packers DC, according to sources, moments ago. D U N. Done. Line two, hello. Good morning, boys. What's good? What's good? Chad! It happened. Yes, it did. This is the this is the third greatest day of my life. <laughs> One, the birth of my son Elliot. Two, the birth of my only daughter. And this, and then the birth of Kellen. 
<laughs> Is he in the car with you? No, he was. I just dropped him off. So that's why I can say that. I'm, oh. I, I'm, I thought they, I, yesterday I said maybe he'd stick around, but I'm so happy right now. Give me a Vince McMahon. You're fired. You are fired. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is, I, I was going to talk about the Bucks, but since this happened, I called in right away. Well, I mean, what's your take on the Bucks? I mean, something was going on in that locker room, clearly. Yeah. That, that it, he's, and I, I, I thought the hire was strange from the beginning. Um, you don't want a, a first-time head coach coaching a, an NBA championship caliber team and i like a caller two callers ago you know he was talking about phil jackson and how like anybody could do that that's still that's not an easy job coaching all of those egos for that period of time yes certainly you have you have things that are built in and baked into that cake that other teams do not have but it's still difficult and you got to get them to buy in and the other thing you got to remember is that first, when he had Jordan and Pippen, they, he came in. They weren't winning games or championships. Everyone forgets that. Until until the Bulls drafted Scottie Pippen, I think the fifth overall pick in 1987, they traded with the Seattle Supersonics. You know, Michael Jordan wasn't winning championships. And then, then they didn't even, you know, they had to go through the Pistons. The Pistons were beating them like a redheaded stepchild in the playoffs. I love that saying. And they finally broke, finally broke through in '91. That was Phil Jackson. It took time to do that. Yeah. So, and then maintaining that level of excellence is difficult. And so, you have to have the right coach to do that. The Milwaukee Bucks did not have the right guy at this time. Do I think Doc Rivers is this person? No. When when I heard that they fired Adrian Griffin, I texted two or three different group chats I'm in, and I said. No Doc Rivers. They should have they should have hired Nick Nurse back when they had the chance. That's who I think they should have gone with. And they blew that. So this is an all this is an all time screw up. Uh and we're gonna see if the if the general manager is gonna be find a way to, to fix it. But you know what? Right now, as soon as I get out of my car, I'm gonna dance a jig in my garage <laughs> on Joe Barry. I told you I told you I told you when I came in the studio with the eggnog presence, you know, you said, do I have sympathy or empathy? I said, I don't have any sympathy. I have empathy. And he was concerned. You know, he said he was going to have to do more for his, his players at that time. And he did. But I also said he would not have to worry about that very long. I was right. So wherever Vegabond John is, you know, we can talk about it again. And he can he can explain himself. I'm happy to do that over a couple of vespers. <laughs> I can't wait to hear from him, Chad. You the man. All right, boys. See you, buddy. Joel Barry. Wow, Rowdy. What a breaking news. Screw you. You're fired. Yes. 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 Line three, good morning. Oh. Vagabond Johnny! Woo! Wouldn't miss this morning for the world, but I just tuned in in between meetings just in time, so this is perfect. All right, so um, obviously you are the head and the leader of the, and maybe the only member of the Joe Barry fan club. What is the official statement? Not the only member after the end of the season, but... Uh, we're excited. I mean, this isn't the end of the Joe Barry fan club, right? I mean, this is the beginning 
now I get to hate on the defensive coordinator every time the other team gets a first down. So I can't wait. The pressure is very high for the next guy. If the defense, I mean, because this year you had Valentine, Valentine, Owens, all these guys, right? They've got all these draft picks. I'm expecting the defensive talent next year to be pretty uh, improved, either via free agency or the draft. If they don't finish in the top 10 of scoring D, it's going to be an all-time revenge tour. If they get to the playoffs and they give up 30 points, it's going to be an all-time revenge tour. So for everybody out there who's thinking, finally, the end of the Joe Berry fan club. No, no. This morning, Vagabond John's licking his chops because now I get to we get to switch spots, right? Now we get to switch spots. I get to yell and tweet and scream and call in every time the opposing team gets the first down. If they don't finish in the top ten of scoring defense next season, it's Matt LaFleur. But this day, Packer fans, I imagine, will celebrate. Vagabond John, what does Washburn Ichabod's football mean to you? Washburn Ichabod football. Well, Washburn's a city in northern Wisconsin that has the Red Cliff Reservation on their football team. And you better watch out for Ichabod Crane. Washburn Ichabod football is a Division II program located in Topeka, Kansas, and Corey Ballantyne (laughs) hails from there. Uh-huh. I can't wait for the next guy, right? I mean, the next guy's going to read Packer beat, right? right, And be like, wow, I have, you know, I have elite talent. They're going to listen to Wisco Chad, right? And he's going to be like, or no, not Wisco Chad, the other Chad. Uh, Chad from Driftless Social. We, we got to come up with a Verona Chad, Wildcat Chad. Yeah, Verona. Verona Chad. There we go. We can work with that. We got to have names. Working, title, working title. Working title. Working title. But the next guy is going to be like, man, I I heard Verona Chad say that I have elite defense. I understand that I have only eight players drafted in the first three rounds on my roster, while it seems like the Cowboys have 17. But I I have elite, according to the Packer fans, and I'm sure Matt LaFleur is going to sell him on that. He's going to get in there day one and be like, all right, Corey Ballantyne, uh, where'd you go to school? Washburn. <laughs> That's Washburn, why I brought it up because you kept, you kept you kept asking where Valentine and Valentine went to school, and Val, Valentine was the one you could nail at Kentucky, but nobody knew where Valentine went to school. And I still, after we brought up the Washburn Ichabods, I still don't think anyone knows where he went to school. I, I I'm excited. This is an exciting day. I thought it might have happened in the middle of the season. I was happy we got to see you know, the game against Dallas. But look, I mean, the fans all season long, we want to be able to stop Danny DeVito at quarterback much more than Patrick Mahomes, right? We don't care about stopping Patrick Mahomes or Jared Goff or, or uh, you know, uh, Dak Prescott. We want to stop backup quarterbacks as a Packer fan. Hell with starting the good guys or stopping the good guys. Let's stop the bad guys and we can feel good about ourselves. Hell yeah. Hey, Who do you Johnny? think has bigger hands? Brock Purdy, because all we've heard about is how small his hands are, or the real Danny DeVito? <laughs> I don't know. You have to, we, we'll have to get that, uh, get that live on air. I think Pat, Pat McAfee might be a good uh, outlet for that question. Johnny, don't cry Boy. because it's over. Smile because it happened. 
Oh, I'm smiling because I know exactly the revenge tour that's going to come next year. And I feel sorry for the dude. Uh, you know, when I get on a coach, I go deep. I do a lot of research. I got a lot of free time in the middle of the day. So let's, uh, you know, pour one out for the next guy because, yep. man, these fans do not know what defense looks like. Johnny, I'm giving you a, I'm giving you a hug right now, all right? Just imagine me giving you a big old male embrace, all right? All right, appreciate it. See we will. I look forward to hearing the reaction. See you, buddy. Wow. Now, uh, the real Danny DeVito stands 4'10", <laughs> according to Google. <laughs> now, I will say it looks like he has larger hands than his his body type would, would maybe say. What kind of body type does he even But Brock have? Purdy's like 6'3", and we're talking about his small hands. Yeah. Doesn't Kenny Pickett have smaller hands? I think Kenny Pickett might have the smallest yeah. hands. <laughs> From uh, the depths of it is so over to the incredible feeling of we are so back. Joe Barry fired. We are so back, baby. We are so back. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I think the worst job in America is being the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. That is a that is a selfless job. That is a job that you... That just comes with a lot of slings and arrows. Well, now who are they going to hire? That's a great question. Now, I did think it was funny. We we talked about this literally just yesterday with Joe Barry and some of the comments from Matt LaFleur talking about how his contract actually hasn't expired. Matt LaFleur was talking about how he's going to take his time and figure things out. And I said, man, without his contract expiring, it doesn't feel like Matt LaFleur is a big, I'm going to fire you guy. He's pretty loyal. And then the other one was when he made the comment, I'm going to take my time. The longer he waited, the less guys were going to be available to hire. And it almost just felt like, I think it was Chad that called in where he's like, conspiracy theory, they just under the table said his contract's not expiring. Here's another one-year deal. Yeah, uh, he did, you know, Maybe he did take his time, but it was one day. It was one day. It was quick. I guess technically from when we would have gotten those clips, it would have been two days. Yep. <laughs> all right. We have, all right, I want to hear everyone's reaction out there. We have two coaches fired. Is Matt LaFleur, is Matt LaFleur turning over a new leaf? Is he becoming, did, did Matt LaFleur grow a sack? Is he becoming a leader of men? Did Matt LaFleur grow a pair? That's what I want to know. Joe Barry fired. How do you think that meeting was, Rowdy? Hey, Joe. Why don't you... Thank you for your service. Just come to my office. Why don't you have a seat? Why don't you have a seat right here? Barry comes in. He's like, why is this cardboard box here uh, on your desk mat? As well, Joe, it's your parting gift from the Packers. Here's a box. Now go clean out your locker. Don't worry about your office. We'll have people do that for us. Matt LaFleur, did he grow a pair? Wow. Now, Rowdy, you were... uh, A lot of people now like, well, who's it going to be next? Because that's the hardest job in America. Packers defensive coordinator, everyone wants to come for you. You, uh, They want your head on a stick. Well, Rowdy, throw some names out there. One that every Packer fan had been throwing out there basically since it was a mutual split between him and the Patriots was Bill Belichick. I don't think there's any possible way a guy chasing a record that's around 70 years old is going to take a defensive coordinator position in Green Bay. So I think we can cross him off the list. Plus he wants to go for all those wins. You know? It doesn't look like Robert Sala is going to be fired from the New York Jets. Obviously a buddy of Matt LaFleur. You would think that that would be an easy connection. Yep. Doesn't appear he's going to be fired. I think we can cross him off we'll the cross list. Cross him off the list then. 
Uh, Another name that a lot of people liked out there because he was a pretty good defensive coordinator and a pretty solid coach in his own right, Mike Vrabel. Now, I know he was interviewing with the Chargers, but if you saw the news the other day, John Harbaugh, or sorry, Jim Harbaugh took his second interview with the Chargers. Did you see Pete Carroll's trying to make a push there to be a Chargers head coach? So, I mean, we'll see what happens with some of those jobs. I just can't imagine a coach as good as Vrabel doesn't get hired by somebody. And say he doesn't, is he really going to come to Green Bay to be the defensive coordinator when him and Matt LaFleur worked together for one season and basically told LaFleur, yeah, sorry, you're not coming back this year. Yeah, And I believe he went with Arthur Smith, yeah. the former Atlanta Falcons head coach, after LaFleur. Yep. So I doubt a guy that kind of told Matt LaFleur, yeah, we don't want you here anymore, yeah. is going to take yeah. a job under Matt LaFleur. I really doubt that he would swallow that much pride to do that. So let's let's cross him off the list. Now, I found an article from the Acme Packing Company. Uh, this was from a little under a month ago, and it was some of the potential defensive coordinator candidates that had um, already interviewed for D.C. jobs in the past but we're not hired on. And for some of the names that Packer fans would recognize, we have Jerry Gray on this list, which obviously he was a defensive backs coach, which seemed to be the the motivator on the defense it, when he was working he was. under Joe Barry. Now he's same position, but with the Falcons, he is the assistant head coach oh, um, and a defensive coach now currently for the Atlanta Falcons. But Arthur Smith was just fired. Yeah. So maybe new, that staff gets staff shaken up a little bit. Makes sense. Uh, another name out there that Packer fans would recognize, Jim Leonard. He's still sitting around unemployed. Wait, Jim Leonard's out there, Rowdy? <laughs> yeah, he hasn't really went anywhere. Obviously, that was what sounds like yeah. Matt LaFleur's first choice. LaFleur was courting him hard, too. Uh, you keep scrolling down this list, Matt Patricia. Oh, that schlep. He was a senior defensive assistant and consultant for the Eagles until they... They promoted him to defensive coordinator, but we see Nick Sirianni is making a ton of changes on their staff after feeling like he's uh, walking the tightrope of being fired in Philadelphia. But now this one, this one gets me. Mike Pettin. (laughs) Come on home. Come on back, baby. He was an assistant head coach and consultant for the Minnesota Vikings since 2022. Are you really going to use that recycling of a a guy? I highly doubt that. Another bigger name that uh, Packer fans would recognize, Rex Ryan, who's currently working for ESPN. Loves feet. Where are you at, Enzo? Hell hell of a defensive coordinator back in his day, was a solid coach with the Jets, and he runs a 3-4, which the Packers currently run. Yep. And then other names that uh, have been blown up here as of late, obviously Al Harris, who's working oh, as the defensive backs coach. people are real hot on Al Harris for the Cowboys. Yeah, and the Cowboys. And another guy that has since been let go, Wink Martindale. Oh, a lot Wink. Of, a, lot of, a lot of people, including our Mike Clemens, were hot on that trip. Everyone loves Wink Martindale. So that's, that's kind of the rundown of some of the names that people would recognize. Obviously, you're always going to have your young, up-and-coming minds, as I guess they would say these days in football. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see who they hire because guy's definitely going to have a target on his back from day one. Oh, yeah. Hardest job in America. And then who will the Packers hire for their D.C. now that Barry is fired? Well, let me ask you this, Rowdy. You know, Joe Barry actually had his best coaching job this year uh, for the Packers. What? Obviously, it's a combination of things. It's a collective, right? But at what 
what moment in the season are you like, man, Packers can't keep this guy around. They got to move on. For me, I think you couple it in with uh, Danny Dimes. Or not Danny Dimes, he's hurt. Uh, Mr. DeVito, Tommy DeVito, Danny Dimes' backup, Mr. Italian himself. Him running wild against the the Packers in a must-win game. And then you have Baker Mayfield come into Lambeau Field and have a perfect pass rating. I'll even throw Bryce Young, the quarterback for the Panthers. What, they scored, what was it 30, 33, whatever it was? And then they didn't score again for the rest of the season. That was only what a game or two after that. But in that little stretch, I'm like, I don't know if they can really keep Joe Barry. But here's the thing. In the playoffs, was Joe Barry really that bad for the Packers? I don't think so. But I think that stretch of DeVito, Mayfield, and then Young, you're like, I right, Joe Barry's got to go. He's got to go. Yeah, I think when you look at the beginning of the season, the defense was playing pretty darn good, and that was when the offense wasn't wasn't performing at all, and they dropped to two and five. But you talk about that stretch where all of a sudden the offense started firing. And the defense, again, started turning it around and, and were playing better like they were at the, the beginning of the season. And that's when they beat the Chargers. Now, I know there was a big-time drop by by the Chargers there in, in Johnston where if, if he catches that, who knows how that ends. But at that time, the Chargers were still in contention for a playoff. That was before they fired their coach, before Herbert got hurt. They were still in the mix. Who the hell was the Chargers quarterback again that game? Justin Herbert. Yeah. No, he was hurt. No, he wasn't. Was it Herbert? Not yet. Oh, man. What am I thinking of? Never mind. Easton Stick replaced Justin Herbert later in the season. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. That was when the Chargers were still in contention. Herbert was still healthy. They found oh, yeah, it was Herbert. 21 to 36, two tutties, Yeah. Then the next week, the defense looked pretty darn good, and they beat Detroit, where they beat Detroit 29 to 22, but remember Detroit got a garbage touchdown at the end. So they, their score oh. was even better than what they actually were. I was thinking of Rams. You're right. Yeah. And then they beat the chiefs and they held Patrick Mahomes to 19 points. And you're thinking, man, if this defense can continue to play this way with the offense, with how they've started to figure out, but I'm right there with you. It was Tommy DeVito making plays. And and being incredibly accurate and beating them with their legs as well. Yeah, Tommy DeVick. Then we had to watch them play the, the Buccaneers, like you mentioned, and Baker Mayfield has a perfect pass rating for the first time at Lambeau Field. Ever, for opposing quarterback, ever. But I think the final straw for me was when the Panthers and Bryce Young scored 30. Because you, we were looking at, after they beat the Chiefs, you're like, Man, this team could go 11 and 6. Look at these five winnable games down the stretch. Giants are horrible. Buccaneers, they were struggling. It was Baker Mayfield. Panthers were the one of the worst teams in football. Vikings lost Kirk Cousins. Bears are still the Bears. They could easily go 5 and 0. Oh. But when you lost two straight and then you gave up 30 to Bryce Young and the Panthers and you really didn't get a ton of pressure on on Bryce Young when they had one of the worst offensive lines in football. And they were literally about a second away from kicking a game-tying field goal. Right down the field. That was the final one where you're like, dude, you can't seriously bring this guy back. But then he comes back, holds Minnesota to 10, but they're on backup, backup quarterbacks. (laughs) Uh, The Bears to nine, we'll see what they become. And then, yeah, in the playoffs, obviously Dallas scored a lot of garbage time, and then they hold the 49ers to 24 points. But it had to definitely be that three-game stretch. No, A lot of people say it was uh, at the end of the season last year. That I couldn't believe Joe, that was the moment when you should move on from Joe. Barry. And I would agree with that yeah. too. I, w- me personally, I would have moved on from him 
before this year. Yep. Well, now, uh, hey, Packers finished, uh, finished, what, second in the NFC North and made the divisional round. Wasn't Joe Barry's fault against the Niners? Yeah. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, 20 minutes ago, tweets out, whoa. <laughs> Keyshawn Nixon, whoa. Here's my thing. Why does Keyshawn Nixon care? Whoa. He's a he's an unrestricted free agent. Maybe he's a Barry boy. Do, do, does he... Is he coming back to Green Bay? Is he going to sign another cheaper one-year deal like he did last season? I wonder if Devondre Campbell has tweeted it all. Let's see here. I doubt it. He's kind of taking a, a reprieve. from Twitter? No, he has not tweeted. Yeah, nothing from nothing from him. I know Preston Smith said they were playing uh, for Joe Barry at the end of the year. Uh, Preston Smith, you uh, active on the Twitter sphere? Nope. Little hiatus. I only retweeted something from four days ago. So uh, seeing if any of these other Packers have uh, reacted you know, Jair Alexander had that cryptic post on Instagram yesterday about maybe I took it as him just reflecting and being, you know, looking back on the season that was and thinking fans, I don't think he's going to be anywhere. But yeah, so uh, holding pattern right now for uh, who the Packers are going to hire next.